from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. President Biden keeps saying something wrong about taxes. Who would have thought? The White House, also this crazy report that came out today from the Office of the Inspector General looking into a pharmacy that was in place in the White House between 2017 2019 i forget who was president then but the findings are amazing and we're going to be talking about that in great detail if you're a fan of the drugs pro vigil boy howdy have i got a story from for you before we get to all that though there was a uh caucus yesterday that everybody keeps talking about we kind of talked about it a little bit with mr sunshine when he was on could barely understand him through his trump derangement syndrome all he kept saying was bronzer that's all he kept saying <laughs> bronzer so weeping into the phone we is a really embarrassing 10 minutes of radio for billy quite frankly because remember that he just kept saying tanning bad remember tanning bad. <laughs> so i was watching the remake of uh citizen kane i'm not surprised that donald trump won the uh primary the, the caucus in new hampshire i thought that he would i think that he'll win almost every single one if not every single one mm-hmm. and so it didn't make any real difference to me trump is a presumptive nominee i think everybody can just accept that and i'm not ashamed just to let people know i don't think that trump it would make a good president I have my reasons for it. I've gone on many rants about it. I will do many rants about it in the future. I don't think I need to do it today. It has nothing to do with tweets. It has nothing to do with uh, whatever. Well, it's, it, it's not an orange man bad. It's not an orange it's man not, bad. You're, you're, it's you're not. You go so much deeper it's, than that. It's all policy and, and how much I dislike the, uh, the machine, as it were, and how he was a part of that. Now, a lot of people like to point out the fact that President Joe Biden had a lot of goofs. Got a lot of gaffes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he thinks he's talking to mushrooms. Sometimes he thinks he's talking to fairies. Sometimes he thinks that he's like uh, like Sean Connery in Outlander, where he's trying to find out what drug is killing all the miners. Remember that movie? <laughs> I do remember that uh, movie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes he's all over the place. Uh, by the way, five points to anybody that actually saw Outlander. It's a great movie. So Trump actually had a gaffe during his speech in New Hampshire, and it is so pronounced that I don't know why more people aren't including it in the bin of conversation when we talk about who is fit to be president. And if we're critical of Joe Biden saying that mushrooms can be rocket ships and will take us to Mars, should we not also be, and it's a word salad, should we also not be critical of Donald Trump when he does a word salad that doesn't make any sense? So here's what he's had to say yesterday in New Hampshire. We have become a drug-infested, crime-ridden nation which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. We have to bring in the death penalty if we want to stop the infestation of drugs coming into our country. I'm tracking about three quarters of the way through, and then I lose the track, and then it's... So, so you, does he. <laughs> well, I, 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 let me say this. I've worked as a bartender for decades yeah, in my yeah, life, yeah, and yeah. I could I could kind of follow that train and tell you where it was supposed to go. Okay, right. Yeah, so we know where the train was heading, right? Right, right. But it, unfortunately... It derailed near uh, was it, it, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, yeah. Ohio. It derailed big <laughs> spill, big, huge, nasty big spill. Mess. Nobody has ever seen a spill so like that. So if we talk about death penalty for, for drug dealers... Which which is the destination of that thought Which process. is the destination right. of that thought. Let's just like think about this for like two seconds. So if you have over a certain amount in your possession, it's possession with intent. Mm-hmm. Another way of saying that is that you're a dealer. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. these are arbitrary numbers that are made up by the federal government that change 
frequently based on new legislation. So, for instance, Spike, did you know that back in the 80s, everyone was focused on the crack epidemic and there were mandatory minimums for possession of crack cocaine, which was very, very low. Yes. At the same time that that legislation went through, there were mandatory minimum sentencing guidelines that were put in place for methamphetamine, which was being largely used by white people demographically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were virtually identical, except for the amount that would be in possession. Does that make sense? I'm following you. So what Trump is basically, and that still holds through to this day. Okay. So let us just say somebody, we're getting real specific. We're getting right down to brass tacks here. Let us just say that somebody has eight grams of cocaine. That's possession with intent. That Mm -hmm. person is a drug dealer, according to federal law. Trump wants to use state resources to kill that person. Now, as a former drug addict, I can tell you that eight grams of cocaine is what I used to call Andrew. I used to call it a Tuesday. <laughs> He's not paying attention. That's where the ding is supposed to go. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Ding. The joke would have been you. a lot funnier if the ding was there, but that's okay. That's Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> hey, that's what I used to call Andrew. That's what I used to call a Tuesday. There Thank it you. is. Jeez, there Andrew, what's going on? So what are you much doing better in there? The second time. What math homework are you doing in there right now? I'm <laughs> writing gonna... 16 emails. Okay, thank you so much. And, and building a scale model of the solar system for science class, right. which is due tomorrow right. morning, exactly. Mr. We only use child labor here for our board ops, so they're all under the age of 18, and Andrew's got seventh grade science camp coming can I, up. Can I give you where I think that, that thought train left, the station yeah, that yeah, left yeah. from? Yeah, late on. I think that President Trump, former President Trump, heard... Ron DeSantis say at a rally mm. that I'm going to shoot drug traffickers dead. Ah. And he liked the way that sound. He liked the tough guy mentality that right. his base loves, and he's, he's, he's going to weave that into his narrative for the next 10 months. So if you Tougher have, on crime, tougher on, uh, on drug trafficking. Another way people might think about this is that weed is still illegal at the federal level, mm-hmm. and so if you have over a certain amount of poundage, that is possession with intent. He's talking about putting people for selling a plant that grows out. He's talking about killing those people. This is not a well man. This is someone who's very sick, right? And so we should probably, if Joe Biden was going around and he was saying, we need to kill people that aren't eating, or they're not eating chocolate chip, chocolate chip swirl. Okay, yeah, the ice cream industry's counting on the sales. (laughs) These are fellow, this is malarkey. These are fellow ice cream makers. We can't have people walking around making their own ice cream on the side of their, I saw a TikTok video where this guy (laughs) takes a, Corn Puff, his name was. Corn Puff, he takes a Coleman, takes one of those orange Coleman water coolers that they made back when I was a boy. Rock Salt and a hand crank. And a hand crank, and he put it on the side of his of his dually, and he drove around, and when it came out, he had Rocky, Ice cream. He had Rocky Road. <laughs> Death penalty, I say. What, what, did, what did Biden get wrong about the billionaire taxing? You said oh, he, he, he hacked so, it up. Can, yeah, can we so, go back for that? Yeah, so Biden keeps saying that billionaires pay 8% in taxes. Not, I have that audio, too. Oh, yeah. You want, yeah, you want concrete. Yeah, let's, we have now about 1,000 billionaires. Their average tax is 8%, as I said. It's wrong. That's why I proposed a billionaire minimum tax. No billionaire should be paying less of a tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter. So before President Donald Trump killed the annual report on how much people pay in taxes, that's right, government data, don't need it. Thanks, Donald Trump. You would be able to look back at that and you would see that the richest 1% pay in excess of 20% in income taxes and more than 30% in all federal taxes. And even if you were to go to the top 400 wealthiest taxpayers, that would be uh, an effective tax rate of 23.1% in 2014. Now, again, we would have more data on this and we would be able to refute Joe Biden's argument even further. 
But thankfully, Donald Trump decided that we didn't need that data because, you know, arguments aren't important. Mm. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so talk about shooting yourself in the foot with that one. Uh, so Joe Biden is, is incorrect about this. He's off by a margin of about 1.9%. That's, that's not too bad to be off. I he's, mean, yeah, he's talking about a 25% yeah. flat tax on billionaires. Sure. And they're paying, he said they're paying eight, they're probably closer to 10. Is that what you're telling me? And, and that's all these loopholes. I mean, you know, I hate to tell you this, people, but I'm happy to do it. I paid like 12% last year. You know why? Well, yeah. I got a tax guy that knows what he's doing. Right. No, but so, but this is what I'm saying is it's not off by like what, what he's off by 15%. If you look at the top, the wealthiest people in the United States, that's the rate they're taxed at. Effectively, okay. Right? If you're well, looking at effective tax rate, you're looking at is about that before? That's before deductions, though, right? Because no, my tax rate is twenty nine percent. This is what's collected according to the report from twenty fourteen. Okay, okay, right. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty. I mean, as somebody who pays thirty two percent in tax, I mean, I, I'll I gotta tell give you. you my tax guy because that's way too much. I'm telling <laughs> I, you, I, well, like, like, must, like right. that's one thing I loved about Trump. To take advantage of the system that's in place. I'll play tell you the game that's in front of you. Being a single guy with no kids is. Yeah. Yeah. Just a is the worst tax bracket no, you seriously, could possibly I've, I've want got to a be home, in. I've got a home, uh, you know, mortgage tax that I get credit for. Right. I've got kids exactly. I get credit for. Yeah. Anybody want to? Anybody want to be my fake wife for this tax season? <laughs> just get married from. <laughs> just have to doctor up a couple of documents. We can go to Hawaii, take a couple of fake pictures. I got some friends out there. We get married in their backyard. Make a lot of sense, right? Not how really. Long, how long do they have to stay married for? For as long as the photos have to take, okay, cool. and you know, send them over to the Kmart, get cool. them developed, cool. ship those off to the IRS. We're making comedy here, folks. We're, uh, not, yeah. telling, we're, not, we're, not, we're not pitching tax fraud. For the- right. Speaking of comedy, by the way, there was a report that was released by the uh, Department of Defense's Office of the Inspector General. It's very long, but I'll break it down like this. There was a whistleblower from the White House Medical Unit, which is basically the White House in it has its own little. Basically, a little doctor's office hospital inside of it. There, there's a full operating room right. in the bowels of the White House. Right. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah. on, on top of that, there is also a pharmacy or pharmaceutical services for all senior officials and staff. Now, the reason they do this is I don't have time or safety clearance to go to Walgreens. I'll go to the pharmacy that's in the White House. But under the Trump administration, according to this official report from the DOD and the OIG, it looks like this place was not actually being run by pharmacy techs. There was not a doctor there, and there weren't any pharmacy specialists there. And so basically what they were doing is they had opiates or sleep medications or provigil, which is a very fun drug, and people would come up and they would say, I'm here to pick up so-and-so's provigil, and then they would put it in a little plastic baggie, just like how you get at the pharmacy, a little Ziploc bag, uh-huh. or as I like to call it, my dealer in the CVS parking lot. When yeah, I was, when uh, I was, that's that's where I've seen when I was twenty-two like years old, sure. right? And then you would go and you would give it to the you, whatever person who was on senior staff that it was owed that medication. Now, the interesting thing about this whistleblower is they were talking about the improper medical practices of this, being that that when a pharmacy distributes a medication to you. It has to be in the bottle. It's got to stay in the bottle if you're traveling. Right. But these officials were getting on Air Force One, and they were flying over to meet Shinzo Abe, and they would pop their Ambient on the plane and then take their ProVigil when they got off the plane. Now, ProVigil is basically in the same family as Vivance, Adderall, these kinds of drugs. So with no real oversight there, it seems like it's pretty suspicious. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Jack, this just seems to be a hit piece. Well... That I might agree with you if it wasn't that the actual numbers came out. Because in this investigation, they actually went back through the invoices. And if you're okay 
with the government spending $98,000 on provisional in one year for everybody on staff or $46,000 for Ambien or, you know, just basically like, you know, $100,000 on any whatever. I would imagine that you would no no one is okay with that. I'll stop the ruse. No one's okay with it, right? right? And, and I'm not going to say you know pharmacy prices are too high. You know that's not the problem here because <laughs> no, they're that, not paying retail at the at the White House pharmacy. They weren't always getting, open. They weren't getting generics. They were right. getting brand name drugs, and so so, so they had just a, a little pill farm down there that they used at willy nilly without any kind of medical supervision or oversight. Yeah, pretty that's much. That's what you're saying. Pretty here? much. So. To kind of contextualize this for people, when I was in college, you know colleges have health centers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So at my college at UCSC, they have a pharmacy that's on campus. That's that's Which is needed. just great. Sure. Right? Great. And so one day, I, I was a terrible drug addict, but I actually had something that I needed medication for. I was horrifically ill. I'm talking about mm-hmm. chest cold. I'm in incredible amounts of pain. I go to the health center. I get looked at. I probably had proto-COVID. I don't know what it was. But okay. I was I was laid out ill. They had to have somebody come pick me up in the med van from my <laughs> from my dorm to take me up to the health center. Now, when they gave me my prescription to take to the pharmacy, I walked across. They needed my ID. They needed my student ID. They gave it to me in a locked box that only I had. Right. And then uh, they sent me on my merry way. That is at a student center at one of the most liberal colleges on the planet. Right. What you're telling me is that the White House had more lax distribution networks than a pharmacy on campus that's run by college students. Right, and and a bottomless medicine cabinet. Bottomless. 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 And before people start saying this is a common practice in in government buildings, of course there was a pharmacy during the Bush White House. There was a pharmacy during the Obama White House. There was a pharmacy during the Biden White House. There always is. These medical facilities in government, they've always been there, but there's always been oversight. There's always been a doctor on board. There's always been a pharmacist on board. Not until 2018. Well, that's that I was going to say. There's, you know, <laughs> we've also got hard evidence, documentation that there was no, no guest log in the Trump White House. None. No one knew who was coming and going, which is not the case for anybody prior or post President Trump. There was no phone log right at the Trump White House for whose every phone call coming into the Oval Office is recorded and documented and transcribed. Every one until Trump. So the the rear admiral who was in charge of the uh, the oversight that was supposed to be going on over that part of the White House. Can I guess who he is? Yeah, go ahead. Is it the guy who said Trump would live to be two hundred? No, it's Ronnie. Yes, yeah, yes, Ronnie, Ronnie Jack- Jackson. Yes, okay. The guy <laughs> said Trump. I've never seen a better physical specimen. He's got the genetics <laughs> of an immortal. He said the guy could live to be two hundred. Right. He's now a representative from Texas, I believe. Right. So the report does not mention Rear Admiral Ronnie Jackson, by the way. So oh, uh, so I'm just projecting. But he had been accused of fostering a toxic work environment, engaging in alcohol fueled misconduct, misusing Ambien. And all this other kind of stuff. So it's entirely possible that while that was his job, technically up until 2018, he might have been a little bit, uh, might have been a little bit on the old grandpa's old cough medicine ambient combination, or as I like to call it, Andrew, a Tuesday. <laughs> a t- uh, thank you so much. For that. A Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of governing, or you've heard of sleeping on ambient, or driving on ambient, right? Yeah. Cooking on ambient. These yeah. guys were governing on exactly ambient. <laughs> vetoing on ambient. Before we get out, got to get out of here though. Uh, there was this audio cut that I think a lot of people glanced over. Speaking of former President Donald Trump, is DeSantis talking about Trump? If he loses, he's gonna. De- de- did you hear the sound cut? Uh-oh. It's what's weird about this is like this, you got this sound cut right. This is so weird because DeSantis, 
endorses former President Donald Trump. Yeah. And everybody calls him a hypocrite. But then he comes out and he says the most based thing. He's like honest and then also lying. It's really he's almost like those two like the drama mask and the comedy mask. Okay, okay. I never know which one I'm gonna get. Here's what that sounded like from DeSantis. If Trump loses, he will say it's stolen no matter what. Absolutely. He will he will he will try to delegitimize the results. Uh, he did that against Ted Cruz in twenty sixteen. Um, and he will do that. I mean, even when like the apprentice didn't get an Emmy, he said it, he said so so I think I don't think there's been a single time he's ever been in competition for something where he didn't get it, where he has where he's accepted. I don't think he will do that. So I think he's doing that. Um, I think that that's to be expected, but I don't think people are gonna buy it. Interesting. Interesting. You know, and now here's my endorsement for former President Trump for 2024. <laughs> In Gotham, this is Harvey Dent. Right. This, this is Two-Face. Is good old Two-Face right there. All right. Well, we'll take a really quick break. When we get back, so much to get to in the remainder of the show. By the way, our YouTube channel, we have digital-only content that we release. <laughs> Laura, is the new digital content up and running? As- uh well, yeah, we got lots of videos up there. Is the new new one? The going? new new one will be soon. I'm currently producing this show, but I'm the second I'm done, I'll put it up. Gonna put my fist through a wall. I need my digital. <laughs> can we film content. that and put that up. Yeah, that'd we be can awesome. film that. That'll be. But if Did you, you go to the Cairo fight. Pharmacy to get your? Uh, <laughs> no, I went to the Jack and Spike show <laughs> on YouTube. YouTube, okay. Where I can go and I can see all that fun digital content that people can nice. find. You can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. Because the most commonly asked question is, why didn't you guys talk about this? We probably did and you can listen to it on the podcast we'll take a really quick break pete carroll in the news he's looking to get another job in the nfl but spike actually knows what job he's going to get when we get back right after this Spike, I've worked in uh, media a long time and almost 10 years. Okay. And one of the things I, I've learned working in, in broadcasting and having friends that work in the medium, and some of my friends write for TV, some of my friends are musicians. One of the things that I've found is that when you're in the machine and you have a brand, you uphold that brand. We were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. Sure. But there's a little bit of radio drama going on right now between big names, some of the biggest names in the radio industry, and I find it to be fascinating. Okay. Not so much the content of what they're talking about, but the reaction that the fans have. Because it, when you're part of the machine, one of the things you realize is that whatever you say, it doesn't really matter, right? All, all that really matters is uh, ratings and revenue, right? Clicks, sure. ratings, sure. revenue. It's yeah. the only thing that matters. Yeah. So you can say the most controversial stuff and not believe it, but as long as you get that sweet, sweet engagement, oh, man, that's what the business model is, right? Right. There are basically no true believers in media. I don't think a lot of people realize it. They're basically none. There might be five or six of them out there. I'm one of them. But there's basically no real hardcore true believers out there because eventually they'll all fold and they'll all lie, right? Okay. You are not. You don't believe me on Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of anybody who I think is a true believer. You mean, you mean somebody who has a radio persona? I'm talking about anybody on TV, anybody oh, okay, on okay, okay. anybody Who actually believes, believes the product they're selling wholeheartedly. Exactly. Exactly my point, right? There's okay, not a okay. lot of them There's not a lot there. of them. There's I don't, a couple. I don't I could... say that as a pejorative. What I mean by that is that, is that being a true believer is bad for business. You have okay. to stay on brand. Yeah. And when you're on brand, th- th- think about it like this. If Burger King really thought about good food, or if McDonald's really thought about making good food for people, they'd start selling you kale salads right. with some It'd dried salad pineapple. King. Yeah. Right? The but, King would be a lot thinner. But that's 
then you're a true believer. Okay. But you can't be a true believer because you just got to sell poison, basically. Well, yeah, so I say, I say all that to say this. Before we get to Pete Carroll, by the way, because I do want to get to this. Michael Savage from A Savage Nation. Okay. The radio host. Yeah. Uh, very, he's a pretty conservative guy, I would yeah, say. Yeah. He, uh, made a, he tweeted this out. This was just pushed to me. It's from yesterday. He's attacking Dan Bongino. He's over on our sister station. Okay. 770 KTTH. He says, Deep State, the only well-distributed conservative radio talkers are, one, a former Secret Service agent, two, a former Justice Department lawyer, and three, a narcissistic blowhard who wears a CIA pin and tells everyone how tough he is. Do the math. They rolled you. That's a direct attack against Dan Bongino, to which Dan Bongino threatens to fight Michael Savage. Now, Michael Savage is 81 years old, and so it's not very tough to be roided out Dan Bongino going after Michael Savage. But here's the thing. I think that people need to, like, cue in on this fact, whether it's Carlson or Gutfeld or Chris Hayes, Maddow, whoever it is. They don't care what they say. They only care about the engagement. I'll give you my case for Maddow. Do you remember when she when she lost her mind because they got Trump's tax returns? Yeah. Do you remember that? Sure. All the build up to that show. Yeah. We've got his tax returns, and it looks like he paid his taxes. <laughs> nothing there. That was a nothing burger. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way that she delivered it was with all the drama and with all the panache and all the sweepers and all the breaking news. Can you discount everything else she puts forth because of that one error where she was wrong? That's not the argument that I'm making. Okay. The argument that I'm making is that if she cannot stick to the the true believer of being like a truth teller in whatever when she's delivering a fake product to people. Does that make sense? It is not breaking news that Trump paid his taxes. No, it's not. You're right. And she was wrong. And she did 45 minutes on we finally got his tax returns and we're going to release them live on the air and look at this look at the bottom line oh uh, right. well it's oh, Geraldo open in, in Hoffa's vault right or, exactly, or Capone's vault exactly yeah but that doesn't mean that they weren't true believers in everything they put forth for the I, balance if I of their say that career. about Carlson you'd agreed with me all day long the uh, second that I throw it at Rachel Maddow all no, of a sudden your boomer liberalism shows up and you're like whoa, I, whoa, whoa, I'm trying to guy. see the other side but it's hard when I'm spinning in a circle like this um, okay I'll give you that so who are the well the true believers, you're right, they're few and far between, and they're all selling a brand and a product. That's what I'm saying, man. And it's the bottom line that matters. Like, I can change my opinion on anything, right? Okay. If somebody came to me and they made an argument as to why trans people shouldn't have health care, and they brought me data or whatever, and, and I thought about it, I looked at the new data set, I can be like, hey, you know what? Actually, after looking at this study, I've actually changed my opinion in the same way that I did about the death penalty, right? Sure. And I looked yeah, yeah, at yeah. the data, I said to myself, you know what? This doesn't really pan out. If I'm a true believer... I, you, you cannot change your, you know what I'm saying? I have to stay on brand with whatever my thing is. Sorry, I messed that up. If I'm not a true believer, I can't change whatever my thought is. I okay. have to stay on message. Okay. So okay. if I start out by saying trans kids bad and trans people bad, I can't have an arc in my career where at where the end evolve of it, all of a sudden, right? And get the, educated. The guys over at the Daily Wire are, aren't all of a sudden going to be saying, hey, you know what? Gay marriage actually should be a thing. I've actually really thought about it and I've talked about it with my religious leaders. And I've actually decided that it's actually, you know, gay marriage, if the state wants to have that, that's totally fine. They can't do it. They are physically limited from exploring options outside of the brand. 
They can't do it. They'll sure. lose. They'll no, lose. they won't lose their gig. Right. Lose their livelihood. Lose Candace their ticket Owens, to the ride. Candace Owens, who is anti-vax, can't say I refuse to endorse Donald Trump because he proliferated the bioweapon, as she calls it, in the COVID nineteen vaccine. Not and have a gig. She can't. She can't and you yeah. sh- it's cognitive dissonance, right? Okay. Not okay. Uh, if she was a true believer and she was really anti-vax, she'd be screaming to high heaven about how we can't let this guy who released the bioweapon out back into office because what if they try to do another scamdemic again and he falls for it that's a true believer she's not a true believer this is why when she sees him she'll smile and she'll say oh man you were the greatest president of my lifetime even though you released in my opinion a bioweapon right right that's right, what right, i'm talking right, about right, no, I, I follow you that's the distinction that i'm making okay speaking of true believers pete carroll where's he going <laughs> Okay, so there's an article on MyNorthwest.com, really nice written piece, uh, that says Pete Carroll is uh, aiming, I'll say, it says aiming, I'll stick with that, for the San Diego Charger head coaching job. Pete doesn't want to leave coaching, thinks he's still got something to offer the sport. And I think he's probably right about that. He he, he does have something to offer the sport. Um, Pete Carroll, of course, was, was forced out of the Seahawks job. He lobbied for the Seahawks job. He made it pretty public that the people who made the decision that he didn't have the right path forward to fix the Seahawks' woes the decision was made by non-football people. <laughs> here's here's what Pete's aiming for in my mind. Pete's aiming for a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I don't think Pete's going to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think Pete, as the oldest head coach in the NFL before he was let go, mm-hmm. no one's going to chase that dragon around anymore. Pete's got a lot to give. I'll give you that. Yeah, kind of like in like in Puff the Magic Dragon with that little ginger kid. <laughs> I've lost you. Haven't he I? wanted to eat those apples. I've lost you. I've and, lost and he, you. He, he said the dragon took the apple off the tree and then he blew it with fire and he <laughs> threw it back down to Pete. And uh, this is a story of ageism, Jack. How about that? Does that interest you at all? Ageism? Johnny Appleseed was a... <laughs> American folklore hero. You, you, you weren't a true believer in this story. You Walked just around me. the United States planting apple trees for the people. Sure. Because he yeah. cared about... He, product of Big Apple. Product of... Uh, <laughs> American, American folklore, just like all the other... Whatever. I feel like that was a much bigger deal when I was a kid. American Johnny Appleseed? No, American folklore. I feel like we've lost touch with that. Paul where's, Bunyan? where's the Paul Bunyan of our era? Where's the John Henry? John Henry. That steel driving man? Right. Whatever happened... <laughs> <laughs> happened to that? Right. That was like an integral part of my childhood, right? Well, all of us. It was yeah. like Jesus, Johnny Appleseed, and 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 uh, Paul, Bunyon. Paul Bunyon. Yeah, sure. You and bet. now Blue Ox Babe, you bet. Right. Whatever happened to that? Laura, was this part of your childhood at all? Yeah, the I American grew up in the folklore. Northwest. Sure, sure. Yeah. We don't talk about it. Well, I grew enough. up in, in the Northeast or the Mid Atlantic. We had Paul Bunyan and we had John Henry. We had all the, the folk heroes, Johnny Appleseed, with the pot on his head, spreading those apple seeds across the land. Yeah, it's funny oh, that that's know. not how apple trees work. <laughs> They to be grafted. Laura, it was in the cartoon. The cartoon is scientifically accurate. You whistle and you spit seeds into the ground. That's how apple trees are made, right? Grafted. Yeah. Any Washingtonian would know. I Again, know. I wasn't from Washington. A tree a- won't bear fruit if it started from seed. Is this news to you guys? Yes, it is. <laughs> Any- Laura, First, Pete Carroll s- can't get a coaching job, and now apples don't grow from seeds? Laura, yeah. you got to stop with this deep state nonsense, okay? <laughs> oh because <laughs> Is that really true? That's genuinely oh true. Walked gosh, around, he walked around barefoot with a pot on his head, and he... Whistling. He, whistling. We lost untold numbers of apple varieties during the Prohibition era because they raised orchards because... They were making cider and and making. Uh, well, you making, better start yeah. making a new resume because you're fired. Boy. I refuse to work with you. When we get back, a beloved political commentator hath returned to the scene, and it's the deep state working against former President Donald Trump, or is it somebody who's just trying to get his job back? I don't know. We'll talk about it. We get back right after this. 
Media, super weird. Always weird to see who comes and goes. John Stewart will be returning to the Daily Show as a host just on Mondays. He's coming back because they are out a host. Because what was that guy's Trevor name? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, oh, yeah, yeah. who is actually a very funny guy, mm-hmm. not on the Daily Show. He actually was, a, in my mind, some of his stand-up specials are very funny. I think he's great, yeah. And The Daily Show, I think the grind of that does a lot, because it's a daily writing and being funny and mm-hmm. joke, 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 joke. Yep. It's not just sitting around and, you know. It's not a half-hour day. Right, what I'm saying is that, like, you and I can just do something silly. We can play, like, a, a banana peel. I don't know. Make something funny. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of move on with our lives, right? For him, it's got to be structured, joke, 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 joke. So he left. John Stewart left eight years ago, and I remember the show when he left because I TiVo'd it. I record it back when their TiVo was a thing, so I could watch it. And I, it was like an hour long. It was very emotional. Yeah. The boss was there. Remember that? Sure. His baby, we were born to run. And then he moves on with his life, and now he's coming back on Mondays. I don't understand why people don't like John Stewart very much. I f- find him to be very funny. Mm-hmm. I found him to be consistently very funny talking about politics. I don't necessarily agree with the guy on every policy, but the work that he's done for the firefighters in New York, yeah. the work that he's done for vets, I don't think that anybody could take away his reputation as a player in the world of world of political commentary being kind of a step above you know, this is a guy who's debating Bill O'Reilly, he's mm-hmm. debating Tucker Carlson yeah. in his heyday. This is somebody who he's got the skills to do it. And so is a, a, a what did that one producer say about Taylor Swift? Respect talent. That's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. You always got to respect talent. So here's, you know, I, I am a devotee of John Stewart. I think oh, he, I, I couldn't think... tell Spike. Jeez, you with your political <laughs> leanings, you like Mr. Leibowitz. I would have never thought that you would have been a fan of John Stewart. Well, I like people who tell the truth. Sure. <clears throat> what can I tell you? Um, no, I think I think here's what I think. I think John Stewart, when he bailed out in, in uh, eight years ago, mm-hmm. He was working 20 hours a day. He'd been doing it for almost 20 years. It was literally killing him. It was eating him alive. Oh, please. Oh, not dude. He, oh, no, I, I firmly believe that. I think he stepped away because the job had become everything, and he had two young kids and wanted to say, this is the time of my life I should be, I've made plenty of money, I should be spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. I also think that, and, I, and maybe I'm whacked on this, and you're probably right if you say I am, I think him stepping away before Trump was elected is why Trump was elected. I think John's a powerful political commentator to the tune of a Hannity or a Bill O'Reilly or a Tucker Carlson. He's got that kind of gravitas to his side of the aisle. Okay? And I think we, I think you can actually get more messaging across and change more minds with comedy than you can with commentary. So I think it's a much more effective weapon. <laughs> I think it's a much more effective weapon than Hannity or O'Reilly or Tucker. It's a comedy-based show that's based in reality and based in truth and fact. Laura. Do you disagree with the comedy statement? No, sure. people respond much better to. Yeah, to you can jokes. change more minds with a joke than you can with an argument. Yeah, so everyone I, wants to be on the side of laughing. I was, yeah. I, was yeah. I was making fun of a political commentator. I did like a forty-five minute video making fun of this guy. I don't want to say his name, but I, I did this whole thing because he was saying that he said that leftists had literally inverted reality, right? And okay. So I and he had this long screed about leftists where he wasn't making any sense, and so he says the phrase "leftists have inverted reality," and then my joke was, "Yeah." He got the flux capacitor, Karl Marx, and then he got in the DeLorean and he said, we have to go back to the timeline back when the first dollar was printed. and We have to burn it all down, right? It was just like this me okay. ranting and raving and making up all this improv about Karl Marx going back in time and destroying the first Federal Reserve. Or whatever. Okay. This guy in my YouTube channel, uh, he, he wrote this comment where he said, I watched the first 12 minutes and I was seething. And then I saw that joke 
and I laughed, and I watched the whole video. Thanks so much for making it funny. Thanks yeah, so much oh, yeah, for see? making it like. There you go. Yeah. I think, works. I think that most people enjoy a, like a really solid joke or a really solid deli- or a really solid way of contextualizing something or decontextualizing something in a humorous way. I think that people are into it. What I think, though, now is that people can be very rigid around jokes, like with Dave Chappelle's most recent special. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've lost our sense of humor as a group. Right. I think that's based. based. Yeah. Right. So the, I'll give you another example. There was this comedian. Oh, we're going to run out of time. Maybe we should save this for the future. Basically. Want to talk about it on our digital? We can, uh, here's, let, me, let, me find, let, me, let me close with my, with my steward, okay? I think he's back because of Trump. I think he's only back for the next 10 months because he feels I mean, a duty he to a inform show, a populace. He's had a show for the last two years, though, that nobody watched. Well, now he's coming back on network television and we're giving him all his publicity to do ah, so. Ah, there you go. I think, he's stepping, I think he's stepping back into the to the arena to help, uh, to help the outcome of this 2024 cycle. I think the deep state's at it again. Well, that was fun, everybody. Andrew, <laughs> I'm hesitant to give you this grade, but I have to do it. A minus for oh, missing. no. A minus mm. today. Thankfully, Nate Connor still gets an A. You can't do your homework in Thank class, you. son. You just can't. Laura, Laura gets an A. Spike shall get a D plus today. Okay. For your bad take on John Stewart leaving. I think it's spot on. <laughs> That's just me. You can, you know, I don't always have to agree with my professor. All right, I'll tell you I'm what. Here to learn. Uh, it's well, it's that we'll do, we'll do a pass fail on today. Okay. And you pass. Thank you. All right. I I'm like only this. here for the pass fail. <laughs> I'll just get my four year and get out of here. Here's your quote of the day. Not shooting, son. What's your name? Get offline and get into a coffee shop. Yeah. Otherwise, Eliza Dushku is going to keep sending you cease and desist well, letters. She's so wonderful. And not return. She's so great. So That's how wonderful. we communicate is through the courts because they're trying to keep <laughs> us away from each other. Oh,